0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Spearhead Sunday's episode 35. Is it 35? Let me look it up. What are we up to? On my web, Lewispears.com podcast. Uh, oh, yes. We're up to 35. That's fucking great. Uh Sorry about this episode being late, guys. I really do apologize for that. Won't happen again, Uh, but I think I I have a good reason for it, okay? Uh, And that is, I've just been really fucking busy. Um, So what happened? uh, The reason... Okay, look. Let me tell you a story, okay? So... Uh, On Thursday, so I'm recording this on Tuesday, you're listening to it on Tuesday. So on Thursday, uh, Luke Kigel, my good friend and other stand-up comedian, uh, hit me up and he said, because right now in Melbourne, the Melbourne Fringe is on. The Melbourne Fringe is kind of like the Melbourne Comedy Festival, except a lot shitter. (laughs) Uh, It's basically when, when all of the... Melbourne Comedy Festival, all the comedians, we do shows and people come and see them. Uh, The Melbourne Fringe is pretty much just everybody else. So, I don't know, jugglers, uh, strippers, I don't know, just weird shows that don't fit into a box. Do you know what I mean? It's like anybody who's not comedy, they're not music, maybe they're a bit of both, maybe they do poetry. Just, you know, weird shit. It's the fringe. It's people on the fringe of, of, like, categories and art and whatever. Um... Uh, and I don't know why, but for some reason, comedians do shows during this. I mean, if if you're going to go to the Fringe, if you want to see comedy, you go to the Comedy Festival. But if you're going to, if if you want to see like some chick put a candle in her asshole and then juggle knives, you go to the Fringe. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's the main difference. So I don't know why comedians do it. Because to be honest, um, even myself. If I had the choice between a guy who's going to tell me a bunch of dick jokes and a guy who's going to put hooks in his dick, hang hang himself from the ceiling and and do like backflips, all all the while some other girl, you know, with with pierced nipples spits fire, I'm definitely going to see the hanging from the dick guy, not the comedian, okay? I can see comedy at any time. I'm not going to see some dude suspended by his cock from the roof. (laughs) unless it's at the Melbourne Fringe so Melbourne Fringe is on and um, let's just say for a lot of people this is the comedy festival as well for a lot of people these festivals are are not a profitable venture trying to get trying to get somebody to come not only come and see you but to pay for it is the hardest fucking thing in the world it's It's trying to get people to give a fuck. Generally, you don't care. I mean, if you really think about it, how many artists in any fucking industry do you actually give a fuck about enough to leave the house and see them? I I could probably... And and I'm talking like every year because as an artist, I tour every year. My whole job is trying to get you to give a fuck about me so that you'll leave your house and come and see me. Because otherwise, I'm going to starve to death. <laughs> I mean, the show is definitely good. The show is the is almost the easiest part. For me, anyway. The, uh, well, I suppose for most artists, the show is... We're going to write the show anyway, obviously. Because that's our passion. Whether it's a, a music show or an album or uh, a stand-up show or acrobatics, we we love that shit, so we're doing it anyway, whether or not we make money. The hard part is getting people to give a fuck and show up. Like, if you think about how many people you would not only leave the house for, but actually pay to see, I, I would see, right, for me, I'm trying to think of... And these are people that I don't know, right? Out are the people that I don't know. Um, fuck, who would I see? I would see g is a rapper that I really like. I would see him every time he comes here. Um, I would see Cursor and Forte. Oh, but I know them. Oh, but you know what? I was fans of them before I knew them. So I would see Cursor and Forte uh, 100% of the time. I would see, and as, as far as comedians, um, I would see like, Bill Burr, uh, Louis C.K., Jim Jefferies. I'd say that's, that's about all of the people that I would definitely see every single time they perform. Um, and, and what's that, like five, maybe eight people? And if you compare that with how many artists that you like... Like, that's a tiny number. Like, I like maybe 50 artists of of many different genres that I really enjoy, that I'll buy their music or I'll watch their comedy specials or their TV shows or their YouTube channels, but I'm not going to leave the house and see them. Do you know what I mean? And that's the hardest job as an artist is being one of the five that you, the consumer, will fucking actually pay to see, because there are so many people who are good at what they do, but not everybody can get your money. Do you know what I mean? Like I like so many things, but if I started giving my money out to all of these fucking artists and people that I enjoy, I would have none left. So I have to just pick like maybe five that I really, really like, my five favorites, and I'm only going to see them. And the sad truth is, not everybody can be a favorite. Uh, and, you know, that's me included. You know, I'm sure that there are lots of people who watch my YouTube videos. I, I mean, in fact, I know for a fact, right, on Facebook, 14,000 people like me in Melbourne. But when I do Melbourne, I'm not doing fucking Rod Laver Arena so all of those people can come. <laughs> I'm doing, you know... I, I'm, yeah, I, if I if all of those people came and saw me, I'd be doing fucking Rod Laver Arena. But I, unfortunately for all of those people, they might like me, but I'm not their I'm not their top five that they'll see. Do you know what I mean? So um, <clears throat> that's really hard as as an artist to 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 get their fans to to buy their album or or see their art show or come to their comedy shows. That's the real hard bit. Um, Basically, what I'm getting at is the only reason, right, okay? The reason why I didn't I didn't have time to do a podcast on Sunday is because on Thursday, right, um, Luke Kidgel hit me up and he was like, hey man, um the the Melbourne fringe is on right now, and a comedian, I don't I don't know who they are, um, was going to do their show, but they didn't sell any tickets, so they're not gonna do it. It's on Sunday night. Uh, the bar has freaked out because they thought they were going to have patrons. They're just going to give it to anybody for free. Um, so I was like, yeah, let's let's fucking do it, right? We find out about this on Thursday night. So not only do we have to sell tickets, we also have to write a show because we don't I, – I don't, I don't have a show, right? We, what we decided to do is Luke and I will do the show um, – We'll do half an hour each. We'll make it very clear that this is just a practice thing. We'll have notes on stage. None of this shit is planned, right? So what I what I did was, is we're like, all right, before we have a show, fuck, it's only, it's already Thursday. The show's in three days. Uh, I'll just put it on Snapchat. So I put it up on Snapchat and I said, hey guys, uh, we're doing a show here, 10 bucks. Uh, we're going to fuck around. It's not going to be very good. Come and see. And then the show sold out in two hours, which as an artist, is fucking amazing for me. That's amazing that I can just put a thing on Snapchat. I didn't put it on Facebook. I didn't put it on Twitter, just on Snapchat. and I said, I'm doing a show, and then you guys filled it up. That's absolutely amazing for me, but also fucking terrifying <laughs> because now the show's sold out and we've got nothing, right? So, Because basically, me and Luke, we're, we're planning our whole year... Um, Since April is getting ready for the tour, which will be in April, right? Luke and I, uh, we're not touring together. We're doing separate shows, but uh, he's going to do his own hour. I'm going to do my own hour. We're just, you know, friends in the industry. We're both working to get to an hour uh, by April. All of a sudden, right? What is it this month? September. So halfway through that, we now have to put on a show for an hour and we're, we're half ready essentially is what we did. So we're like, all right, well, we'll do half an hour each. Um, and we'll have notes on stage and we'll just try out material. Um, so we did the show. We wrote our set list. I wrote my set list about 10 minutes before the show started. (laughs) Um, so that's why I didn't have time to do the podcast on Sunday. I was going to do it on Saturday. Um, And you know what? I was so prepared. I was at my girlfriend's house. It was Saturday. She was working. And then, so she was working in her room on on her own kind of stuff. So I'm like, all right, I'll go and sit in the car and record the podcast. And it was so fucking hot that I couldn't do it. Like I got 10 minutes into the podcast and I'm just overheating. Like I'm really, really hot. I couldn't handle it. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll turn on the... The air conditioner. And then the only thing you could hear was fucking air conditioner noise. I'm like, well shit, I can't release this. I'm literally just welcome to Spears. Like I can't do that to you guys. And all of a sudden, and and the whole time the fucking air con's going. So I was like, look, no podcast is better than this overheated, noisy shit. So I decided to just fuck it. I'll postpone it and uh, focus on the show and then I'll do it on Tuesday. So that's why um, it is delayed. So, uh, I'll tell you about how the show went. the show was was really phenomenal like to it was only a forty seater it was only forty people there um and everybody was really cool, like we said from the the out from the start of the show we are practicing, and everybody there was totally cool with that um and yeah, it was really good to do because generally as a comedian, right, we are practicing all year until the show that we do at the start of the year and then tour it around. And then we throw all of that show in the fucking bin and we start practicing again. It takes us a whole year to write an hour, a good hour, really. Um, So basically how we normally practice is we go to like open mic nights and we can perform for five minutes in front of a crowd who would rather drink and fight each other than listen to me tell some stupid story that's not even that funny yet because I'm i it's the first time that I'm doing it you know what I mean um so to have a, a crowd that was there for us um and to have half an hour each on stage you very rarely get that I mean obviously the guys who are big fucking get that but uh, for us who are kind of you know I'm not I'm not uh I'm not Dave Hughes yet, you know, I can't just walk into any room and get 10 minutes at the end of the show, like, he could do that because he's fucking Dave Hughes. Um, Obviously, I want to try and get to that, but right now, I'm stuck with a five minutes an open mic night, so it was really, really valuable. I'm going to edit in uh, a couple of excerpts from the show. Um, This is us introducing the show, so you get an idea of how fucking relaxed it was, Um, and then i got a little bit of banter between me and Luke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, imagine a lamppost. <laughs> now imagine that lamppost dressed like a gay bikie who I just referenced in that last joke. Please welcome to the stage, a lamppost gay bikie, Lewis Spears! Tell me all the time, Lewis, there's nothing funny about cancer. There's nothing funny about cancer. Really? And that's all you're going to hear about that joke, um, <clears throat> because I it's one of my favourites. And it's very, very good to start off a show with, I think, just uh, ripping out the cancer material before you even say hello. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a really good show. And um. Basically, what Luke and I got from that is all of the bits that we are working on definitely will be funny um, by the time the festival comes around, because everybody seemed to enjoy them. Everybody thought they were funny. Um, Nobody had any complaints. Nothing fell flat. Like, none of the jokes are done, but all of them got a laugh. So, um, basically, now... Luke and I performed half an hour each. We have to turn that half an hour into an hour by either expanding on the jokes that we did do or um, creating new ones. Um, I think most of my ideas were really solid concepts and then they could all be expanded a lot more than what I did say, but this show basically confirmed everything that I'm working on right now will become a very good joke. Right, right now they're funny, but they'll become good stand-up Uh, by the time uh, I tour in early next year so um, that was really good to do and that is why the podcast is late so I do apologize for that but you know what it's going to be worth it having a having one podcast episode a couple of days late in exchange for you know it. A much better show next year. I'm happy to pay that. <laughs> uh, what else has happened this week? Um, my girlfriend's uncle is uh, in jail in Dubai, <laughs> um, which is probably not something that I should laugh about, but I just, it's just funny, okay? So, my girlfriend's uncle, he's a big shot businessman, very wealthy, whatever. He, I think he does uh, internet security for businesses, which is just one of those those industries that you can you will always have a job in because like, let's say, right? I hire a guy to, to, I hire a builder to build me a house. When he builds that house and he's done, the job is done, I pay him his money and then he goes away. I don't need him anymore unless something breaks. But the internet security and the, the internet IT, all of that shit, that never gets built. That is a house that, is never finished and always breaks. So basically, what you do, right, as an IT cunt, what I've gathered is, you go to a business, hey, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build you the best IT system ever, and I am the only person that knows how to run it, knows how to fix it, and knows how to maintain it. So as long as you want this system, if you want your business to continue working, you must. Give me money forever, and every single year when your business starts to make more money, I'm going to charge you more. And if you go, you know what? I think a hundred thousand dollars a year for you to maintain my business infrastructure is too much. I'm not going to pay that. All I have to do is go. Yeah, sure, that's totally fine. Uh, I'm not going to come in anymore. And uh, good luck. I I hope that we can work together soon. And the day after I leave, the whole business fucking explodes because the IT systems just fail. Nobody knows how to work it. That IT guy that you had is the only guy who knows how it works and knows how to fix it, knows how to improve it, all of that shit. It's basically the most lucrative idea ever. It's like if, if a builder, if you pay a builder to come over and build your house, And if he doesn't come back once a week for 10 grand every week, your house will fall down and kill your whole family. You're gonna pay that guy forever. (laughs) That's basically what IT security and all of that IT shit is. Is scamming a business into paying you to build something that will die without you. So you are secure. And all you gotta do is do that with like five businesses and they're all paying you a hundred grand to keep their system running and they're just stuck. And then you hire another guy, you teach him how to run the system, and then you go, right, you're now the general manager, I'm the CEO, I'm your boss, you pay him fucking 50 grand a year, and then you live on an island with your 450,000, and you just fuck bitches all day and, and enjoy yourself. Because the guy that works for you is, is, basically the guy who works for you, it's the same shit, right? He doesn't know how to start a business, So he works for you. There's no way that he could build your system. So he's stuck there being your little slave while you live on an island when really there's no difference between you and him. The guy who works for you just doesn't have the balls to go out there on his own and wear a a shirt that says James IT instead of Tim IT. He doesn't want to be the boss. He doesn't want to take the risk. That's the only difference between a CEO and an employee. Almost went on another rant about how much I hate jobs there. <laughs> did you catch me, guys? Did you catch me doing that? Almost went on to a little fucking robot rant. But I'm not doing that today. I did that a couple of podcasts ago, all right? We'll, 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 wait. we'll wait a couple more episodes and then I'll do another 30 minutes on how much I hate jobs. Um, I'm going to stop talking about it now. Anyway, so my uncle, he's flying to my girlfriend's uncle. He's not my uncle. What does that make him? My, my, no, he's only my step uncle if I'm married. So he's just a guy. <laughs> So my girlfriend's uncle, he's going to Dubai, right? He's on the plane and uh, they're about to land. So he goes to take a pre-landing shit because there's nothing worse than getting off the plane and using the airport toilets. They're not nice. I'm sure maybe in Dubai they're made of gold, but I'm assuming they're just like every other fucking airport. So he goes to the bathroom before the plane lands um, and he's hanging a big man shit from what I gather, right? He's hanging a big man shit. Okay. So what he's doing is, is having a big old poo before they're landing. And then the flight attendant knocks on the door and says, Hey, you need to come out of the bathroom soon because, uh, you know, we're landing soon. And he's like, yep, sweet. I know that I'm doing my poo. Just go away. Come back later. And then she thinks that he didn't hear her, by the way, he's flying business class. Like he's flying big money business class to Dubai. Okay. Just, just, you need to know that. Then she thinks that she doesn't he, he didn't hear her when she knocked on the door. So then she opens the door and comes in, sees him doing his big man poo, and then he tells her to get the fuck out. I'm doing my man poo, right? Understandable. He's playing, what, $3,000 a ticket? He can shit as long as he wants in the shitter. <laughs> Leave me alone, right? I'm doing my $3,000 poo in the sky. Um, and then he comes out, he finishes up, and he comes out, and then he asks for her name. Now... I get the feeling that he was being a cunt, okay? I think that he was being an asshole in this situation, uh, which is kind of understandable. Someone opened the door while you were in the bathroom, all right? When when you already told them, yes, I'm aware of what you're telling me. They came in anyway. So I think this guy, I think he came out and he was being angry and a bit of an asshole. But you know what? You fly in business class, you pay three grand, you're allowed to call somebody a cunt every now and then. <laughs> So basically, he asked the, the, the woman who opened the toilet door for her name so he could complain about her, which I think is fair enough, right? If he was doing it politely. If he's being an arsehole, then he's being an arsehole. But if he's doing it politely, good on him, right? And then while he was, this is why I think he was being an arsehole about it, right? Because while he was asking for her name, another passenger who he didn't know, who was also in business class, told him to stop being an arsehole. And then my girlfriend's uncle looked at him and told him to get fucked, (laughs) which is great. You know, that's a very Australian in business class thing to do. Um, Anyway, so after he told this other guy to get fucked, the plane landed. And when he got off the plane, he was arrested by Dubai police for swearing, for offensive behavior, swearing at someone. And I think that's great because that's that that's the most australian way to get arrested telling some rich guy to fuck off because you're yelling at someone else <laughs> because you're already telling what you're telling one person to get fucked someone interrupts you you're not like you just said the get fucked bit right you're you're about to say you can't and then someone else interrupts you before you can say you can't so you're like you know what You can get fucked too. Anyway, you're a cunt, miss. (laughs) And then he got arrested. Um, And I'm laughing about this, but he's literally spent a month in uh, a prison. Um, He's going to be... He will be let go, they've decided. Um, I think another thing, right, was not only was he swearing, but they also um, did a, a, a blood alcohol test and they found alcohol in his system. And as you know, Dubai... Um, alcohol being alcohol is not illegal. You can drink in private, but you can't be intoxicated in public, and um, so that just ups really the, the the amount of Australianness that's gone into his arrest. He, not only has he get he's gotten arrested because he told a stranger to get fucked, but it's also because he was pissed. <laughs> so good on him, man. Um, he's going to be released. I, I think that's the craziest thing. I think that. When I hear about that kind of shit, like, that's real. Do you know what I mean? Like, people actually... People... Like, he's a tourist, right? If he doesn't like that, he can never go back. But there are people living that where where you can't even have an argument with somebody and swear without getting arrested. That kind of shit really... Whenever I hear about that and then I hear about people wanting to police language and political correctness, all I can see is that's where that's where that road leads do you know what i mean like they like as long as you police language me i take the i take the position which is very much like uh, america's legal position where you can say whatever the fuck you want as long as you're not harassing somebody so as long as you don't say it to one person again and again and again like you call them like if you're really racist all of the time like feel free to be a racist just generally but don't follow one black dude and be an asshole to him for a month because that's harassment that's what I that's what I think and unfortunately that does protect racists but it also protects your right to tell tell another guy in business class to get fucked and you know what as an Australian, I think it's worth paying that price. <laughs> Let a couple of racists roam around and say they're crazy racist shit. Um, that's fine, as long as I can tell some rich prick to get fucked in business class. That's, that's really what I want. Because if the moment you start policing um, racist language, I mean, beyond beyond directly saying that one race is inferior... It is kind of up to any any kind of of racism, any kind of uh, offensive speech is up to interpretation. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not, and I'm not talking about outright Asians are worse than white people, like that kind of racism. Obviously, that's definitely racist. That's really bad. But some people even say asking somebody where their family is from is a microaggression, which is racist. Do you know what I mean? Like that. To me, somebody genuinely asking about your family's history because they're interested in it, maybe they majored in Japanese history, who the fuck knows, right? That's them showing an interest. Whereas if somebody perceives that as racist, then that is labeled racist. And then if you outlaw all racist speech, this cunt gets in trouble because he asked where you're from because he wanted to learn about your history. And and all of that that road, while it is definitely a noble cause, like obviously you don't want people to be an arsehole, you don't want racism, you don't want harassment, you don't want sexism, obviously it's a very noble cause but it doesn't lead to a noble conclusion. It goes down that road where and that road leads to you can't swear in public, you can't get into an argument with someone, you can't discuss this, that or the other thing, you can't insult the president because that's you know, offensive language to some people and that just ends up with people being thrown in jail or hurt because they said the wrong thing. That is where that road leads 100% of the time. So, unfortunately, while freedom of speech does protect people who hate women and people who hate Asians and people who hate, you know, Aboriginals or whatever, it also protects your right to debate those people and tell them they're wrong and even swear at them in business class. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i think that that's the better option all right shall we get on to some questions i got uh three questions uh for you guys today um let's go on to miscellaneous bit at the end unfortunately wait if you don't know what miscellaneous bit at the end is guys if this is your first time listening to the podcast this is where i answer questions from listeners that have sent uh shit in it, and it's by far the worst part of the podcast undeniably fucking horrible. Actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to postpone it and I'm going to talk about my Patreon because even though it's asking you cunts for money, it's much better than reading emails. Let's be honest. It's much better than miscellaneous end, which is the leading cause in cancer among Speared Sunday's listeners, right? In fact, I think it's 100% right at this moment. I... I am the embodiment of cancer. Every single one of my cells has cancer because I am the one who created miscellaneous by the end and I'm the one who reads it. I have become the physical embodiment of cancer because of this. So I'm going to talk about Patreon. Please help fund my chemo through Patreon. Um, basically, Patreon is how I can release all of my online shit for free. Uh, and it's also how I can live not on the street, Uh, begging for cash, sucking dick so I can buy food um, and release a YouTube video. Oi bro, can I suck your dick for $2? I need to put a lure review out. That's basically the only thing between me and sucking cock for lure review is Patreon. It's the only thing that stands between it. So Patreon is basically, uh, it's like Kickstarter, but it's for much smaller amounts, however much you want, and it's monthly. So um if you check out patreon.com slash lou spears patreo com slash lou spears you can check it out it's got my mission statement it's got rewards for you guys depending on how much you give so for $3 a month, you get early access to all of my content. I'm going to figure out how to get early access to podcasts as well. That's the thing that I want to do because um, normally I record these podcasts on Fridays and Saturdays. So if I could get these up to Patreon people on Fridays and Saturdays, that'd be great so you can you know, listen to it early before anybody else. Um, it also gets you early access to ticket sales to all of my live events. So right, right at the moment, I have less Patreons then I do seats. So if you give any amount of money and you get access to early, you know, early access to tickets, you are guaranteed a seat to any one of my shows, um, as long as I can help it. Because yeah, at the moment, there's definitely not more patrons than I have seats. So if you're a patron, you get early access to shows and buying tickets and it's, you know, because a lot of my shit is selling out at the moment anyway. Um, if you give six bucks a month, we have uh, a group chat and a Facebook page that that I'm in with like fifty other awesome people, and we always talk and, and chat and all that shit. And um, there's a whole bunch of other rewards. There's posters and, and t-shirts and, and all that crap. Just check it out: Patreon.com/slash If you like the podcast, if you listen every week, fucking, it's three bucks a month. You know, that's less than than a, than a that's a that's a Seven Eleven coffee right there a month. And it really does help. So thank you very much to everybody supporting me. Let's get on the miscellaneous bit at the end. Right, so if you would like to send in a question to the podcast, send it to contact at lewespears.com. Sorry, no, mate, you need to fucking listen when I tell I said, can you, I, I, write it down. Write it down. Don't just, I do this every week and you always ask me to repeat myself. Just fucking get a pen. Yeah, good. I mean, you got a pen? Okay, write this down and get it tattooed on your fucking arm because I'm sick of telling you. I am sick of this, mate. It is contact at lewespears.com. Fucking idiot. Well, it's not my fault that you can't remember the email. You're the the one who always asks me to repeat myself. Of course I'm going to get angry. We do it every single week. Fuck, man. No, fuck you. All right, don't... Whatever, look, alright, okay, look, I'm sorry, that was, look, I'm sorry, mate, okay, yeah, I know, I know I have an anger, I I have an anger issue, but you just, I need you to understand how much this affects me, I always have to repeat myself, and it's really annoying, can you at least see that 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 would be annoying, you can, okay, thank you, alright, did you write it down, oh, you didn't fucking write it down, you're, ah, sorry guys, I'll tell you again next week. Sorry, guys. Um, just that, that that imaginary guy just can't fucking remember the email. Anyway, all right. So if you want to send an email, contactluisabiz.com. Let's get into it. Uh, this one is from uh, a lovely lady called uh, April, who is one of the girls who listens to the podcast. Oh, I wanted to say quickly how many... F- I'm proud of myself, man. How many fucking girls came to that trial show? Generally, right? My shows are about if there's if there's a hundred people there, two girls, maybe maybe five, right? But I've been working on on get, attracting more girls because I think it's very important to have a room that at least has you know some semblance of women's rights in the room. <laughs> it's not just you know I think it's important. Anyway. Um, on Sunday, there were a lot more girls than I normally get. Like there were 40 people in the crowd and I think there were, there were about eight girls and that's really cool for me. Um, because that's something that I'm working on. So thank you to all the girls who come and thank you to all the girls who like my shit. I'm, I'm trying, right? I'm trying to make my shit more appealing to you guys. Right, For some reason, not a lot of women like an Australian guy who opens every single video with g'day cunts. I don't, know wh- I don't know why they wouldn't like that. I don't know why they wouldn't enjoy it, but for some reason, they're just not into it. So uh, I am trying a lot harder and it seems to be paying off and I'm a little bit proud of myself. Let's get on to April. Oh, I think April was at the show. No, I do. I do remember. She told me to about this email. Okay, yeah, she reminded me about this email. So April was at the show. Thank you, April. All right. I don't know how long you've been with your partner, so I'm not sure what advice you can give. I've been with my girl for 4 years. Uh, I've been with my partner for 4 years. Oh, there we go. We've both been so basically, right, we're on par with each other, April. So I'm I'm the perfect person to give you relationship <laughs> this is going to go down the toilet. All right. Our anniversary is this Tuesday. I told him from day one that I wanted a serious relationship. Kids, marriage, all that. Day one, did you tell him? Come on. What date? What day? Your first date? Hey, what's your name? Well, my name's April and I want to marry you. (laughs) Did you really do that? That would have scared the fucking shit out of me. All right. Anyway, Um, I wanted a serious relationship. Kids, marriage, all that stuff. He kept our relationship secret for the first two years, mainly because he had just gotten out of a relationship and I was homeless. So I was staying with him for four months. That's weird. Two years? I reckon me and my girl, we kept our relationship a secret for two weeks because we were like, ah, we might break up. You know, I might find out that... uh, I don't know her she's she's got a dick that's been tucked between her legs the whole time you know 2 weeks is is a pretty good buffer but I think we were fa- I think we were facebook official like a month after we started dating like I think you got to leave it like for a month a month is like healthy you don't start telling everybody about it until after a month because a whole bunch you could find out a whole bunch of shit you know you might find out that that the guy has a drinking problem or a gambling problem that he kept secret and you just found out about it and you're like ah oh, fuck that I don't want to deal with that a month is a good time but two years that that's like borderline I'm ashamed of this I mean I don't want to assume about this guy but two years is a fucking long time to not tell anybody about your girlfriend Uh, Anyway, I was homeless, so I was staying with him for four months. Um, For the last, okay, the first four months of your relationship, you were homeless and staying with him. Okay, cool. For the last three years, I've had my own place. Good on you. And he keeps telling me that he will move in soon, but he's been saying that for two years. I haven't moved in with my girlfriend, but that's not really, we want to move in. We just can't afford it. Um, our anniversary is this Tuesday, and his mum wants him to babysit his eighteen-year-old brother. So our our whole plans are fucked. Then I found out he didn't even tell his mum it's our anniversary. Okay, look, April, uh, <laughs> do you? I think that he, do you really think his mum wants him to babysit his eighteen-year-old, or is he just telling you that? Is he just fucking telling you? Oh look, I'm just gonna babysit my 18 year old brother. So sorry, sorry, can't do the whole anniversary thing. This guy is given off a kind of a, a vibe of commitment issues here. He's 20. He's turning 22 soon. He does everything his mum says. Pretty much still keeps us a secret and won't commit at all. Called it. Fucking called it. All right. Um, I've spent hundreds, even thousands of dollars on him and buying furniture for him, things he specifically likes to make the house more homely for him, but he keeps making shitty excuses. So you really want him to move in, he's just not having it. Um, a few days ago, he took me to beat my favorite band, Enter Shikari. They're pretty much the Beyonce of hardcore music because he's the editor for, for some website. I'm not going to read that one for you and not anonymity for you. Um, a music website. He's the editor for a music website. But I feel like doing something like that doesn't make everything all right between us. So the question is, am I being too crazy about this or do I need to leave him? I hope I'm not being too crazy. It's just nothing has changed. He won't adapt. It's always me changing myself to suit him. He won't meet me halfway, but it's pretty much impossible to find a guy who doesn't drink, smoke, or do any drugs, plus is into my music. Well, I don't drink or do drugs or smoke, but I fucking hate Screamo, so I'm sorry we can't be together, April. Uh, Also, I got a girlfriend, but you know, that's negotiable. (laughs) Um... Uh, plus is into my music and can put up with me and understand that I have autism and sometimes I need help. I don't know if you're joking about the autism thing. I think you're joking about it. Um, Maybe you're just saying a bit awkward. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I just thought any guy would kill to have this kind of independence. It makes me feel shit about myself because I feel like it must really suck being at my house if he doesn't want to live with me. Or maybe he's only with me for the sex and so he isn't alone. Or maybe just because my breast size is 12E. Fuck. Yeah, no, I definitely remember you, April. <laughs> no, I remember you because, yeah, that's you Okay, you were definitely at my show because I'm such a cunt. All right, anyway... Um, I don't know, but sometimes I feel like if I were single, I would stay single because I'm short, fat, nerdy, emotional, blah, blah, blah. As I said, I would never date someone who does drugs. So I feel like if I left him, I honestly don't know what I would do. I live in the middle of nowhere. All my friends are online. I live in the UK. I'm going off topic. So I'm going to fix this up Uh, from April. Look, April, uh, I saw you. You're not ugly. Okay. Um, You're not fat. You are short, but that's not a a bad thing. Uh, That's quite a good thing for a girl. I know I've always had a thing for short girls. Um, you, you, nerdy is not a bad thing especially with girls it's a bad thing for guys nerdy is almost a bonus for girls especially if it's genuine it sounds like you're genuine uh, emotional that's just a thing that all girls are um, look it's to me it, it, I think you're answering your own questions you're saying that he won't adapt to me you're saying that he doesn't want to move in even though he's saying that he will he's kept you a secret um, I don't think he's ashamed of you I understand why you feel that way, but I think that this guy has major commitment issues. Nobody nobody will like nobody will stay in a relationship with someone that they're ashamed of and it's a secret, right? If I was ashamed of my girlfriend and I and everybody knew that I was dating her, People knowing about it would would be one of the reasons why I would stay with them. Do you know what I mean? If I was ashamed of my girlfriend and nobody knew about her, I would just get rid of her. I've got nothing to lose. Because if I'm ashamed of her, I don't like her and none of my friends know about her. So that's no sweat off my back, right? I'll just cut her out. I don't need her. I don't like her. I'm ashamed of her. And I'm not going to cop any flack from my friends because they don't know about her. So I don't think he's ashamed of you but I definitely think that he has commitment issues because you've been dating together for four years. If I was right, if, if my girlfriend lived by herself or if I live by myself, we would be living together fucking like that. That'd be a very easy decision for me. Um, because I like her, she likes me and we want to do it. I think that he's got commitment issues. Um, so I don't know. Fucking leave him. It doesn't sound like he's making you happy. It sounds like you're doing all of the work. Cut that shit out. You're right. You're young, right? You're not ugly. Um, if you think you're fat, hit the gym. Okay, it's not that hard to lose weight. Eat better. Hit the gym. Better yourself. Cut out all of the shit from your life, and that shit food and shit people, which it sounds like your boyfriend is. Uh, cut him out. Hit the gym. Uh, you'll get hot, and you'll probably you know keep the huge tits and. <laughs> you won't have trouble meeting anybody um no look you're not ugly i saw you you came to the show you seem nice we spoke for a little bit um yeah it just sounds like you've got a boyfriend who's a cunt um who doesn't who's who's not ashamed but has commitment issues and you know what you're too young to put up with that shit what you want to ha- you want to s- you want to put another four years into some cunt who doesn't even tell his mum when it's your anniversary fuck that or when when it's your anniversary and his mum goes, "Hey, I would like you to babysit my 18-year-old br- your 18-year-old brother." And he doesn't even go, "Oh no, sorry, he's 18. He can hang out by himself. I've got my anniversary. I got to I got to hang out with my girlfriend that I like." He basically went, "Oh, awesome. I have an excuse to not hang out with my girlfriend that I don't like." Do you know what I mean? I think that he's not ashamed. He's got commitment issues. That's why he's skipping the four-year anniversary. That's why he doesn't want to... That's why he didn't tell anybody about his girlfriend for two years. That's why he doesn't want to move in with you. And that's why he's skipping all of the monumental four-year anniversary shit. Because if he does participate in that stuff, it confirms his suspicions that he might be in a relationship. And he's scared of that. So I would cut that out, April. Um... And just move on. Better yourself as a person. There are plenty of people out there who who don't do drugs. There are plenty of guys. Go online. Um, you'll be able to find them. You know, <clears throat> like, I don't do it. We're, we're not that rare. Well, I suppose we are very rare, actually, when you think about it. But... You know, you're, that's only, they're only rare because if you go to places where people do drugs, like if you're going to a nightclub, if you're going to a bar, obviously the only people there are going to be people who are drinking. Do you know what I mean? Or people... Like, I would never go to a bar by myself. I will only ever go to a bar if I'm going with friends or my girlfriend because they both drink. And that's, I'm totally cool with that. That's no issue with me. I don't hang out with the alcoholics, but if people drink, I don't fucking care. It's their choice, you know? So if you're going to bars, obviously you're only going to meet people who drink, but there are... I don't know. You said you're nerdy. Go to Comic Con. Hit on some cunt who looks like he's not. Doesn't have Asperger's. <laughs> There's not that many of them there, but they do exist, right? Um, go online. Go to a library. Go to a fucking cafe. Go out there and meet people. You will find somebody who doesn't do drugs. And all. And from from what I understand, a lot of those heavy metal people, a lot of that straight edge shit comes from that. Um, subculture right as I understand it a lot of guys who are into screamo are also straight edge for some reason I don't know why that's a thing but my brother's into all of that music and he runs into lots of people who don't touch it so yeah just keep going to your gigs you might meet a nice dude who doesn't fucking do drugs or come to one of my gigs you know there are plenty of people um, who who come to my shows that don't drink because we're kind of attracted to each other come to my shows hit on a couple of the guys there <laughs> Now, look, if, if you're at a show, right, to all the guys listening to this, if you're at a show and you see a, a pretty girl with a huge rack, just start talking to her because it might be April. <laughs> um, no, okay, look, April, I think that your boyfriend's got commitment issues and uh, I would say I would raise that with him. I would just have a conversation. Look, are you ashamed of me and then he'll go yes or no and if it's yes cut him out if it's no go well look you're acting like it if you're not ashamed of me do you have commitment issues do you not want to be in a relationship a serious one because look he's still young he might be thinking about you know all of the shit that he could be doing If he was single, I think about that, obviously, you know, I I don't, I don't want that, but that thought comes into my head every now and then going, fuck, I'm so young. What am I doing in a a long-term relationship? But at the the end of the day, my thinking always comes back to, yeah, I could go and I could fuck a whole bunch of people, but I'm not going to find another jazz. So if, if he's, if he goes, yeah, I'm I should be fucking a lot of people and I don't want an April, then cut that cunt out. And there you go. So that's my advice, April. Let us know how it goes. Send me an email back when you decide what we do. And if it's interesting enough, I might read it out, give you guys an update. Um, All right, next question. G'day you you shaved lanky Kong looking cunt. (laughs) That's a good one. Um, anyway, so my story is super fucked up. My name is, oh, he wants to be on it. Uh, I'm going to call you Sam. My name is Sam. Uh, uh, dude. Okay. My name is Sam. Anyway, so the good news, I'm getting engaged to my long-term four years girlfriend fairly soon. Four years. Fuck. I'm not even thinking about proposing my girlfriend. I'll be honest. I'm not even... I don't even have that shit on the radar for the next five. And we've talked about this. Neither does she. Four years, you're engaged already, man? That's... I suppose that's fairly normal, but is it right? I've always thought that what the fuck does married actually mean? I want to get married when I can afford it and when I have my own house. Or at least I've started paying for my own house that's what I want I want to have my I don't want to get married until I am definitely a professional comedian who's doing really well with his life like I, I don't want to get married until I stand on my own two feet as a successful person as a successful individual that's when I'll get married that's for me anyway I mean there's there's also merit to marrying someone and building a life together that's really successful but I'm a very I don't know individual type of cunt anyway no i'm not judging you man you seem like you like this girl all right getting engaged to my long-term four years girlfriend fairly soon the ring comes in a week my proposal is planned for three weeks away okay so she's she might not say yes mate (laughs) getting a bit ahead of yourself mate um i I hope she says yes good on you all right my proposal is planned for three weeks three weeks away but here is the fucked up stuff I'm a fucking kinky freak and I have been, for the last month, sending money to a girl over the internet who sends me photos of her feet and other shit. Yeah, I know, I'm fucked. Anyway, I need advice because I want to quit this online girl because I'm very happy with my girlfriend and I do really want to be with her. She knows about my foot fetish but I cannot make her do the stuff I like because I know she isn't comfortable. What do you recommend? Oh, Sam, dude, what you're doing is you're cheating on your girlfriend. Let's say that first. You are 100% cheating on your girlfriend. The girl that you're being with for four years, the girl that you're about to propose to, you are cheating on her. That's a fact, okay? If she found out about that, she would be devastated. That's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is never fucking tell her. Never, ever, ever tell her. She doesn't need to know. All it's going to do is destroy your relationship and make her feel horrible. The third thing I want to say is you have to stop doing this with another girl because that's cheating on her. So firstly, you're cheating on her. That's a thing. Secondly, don't tell her because it's not going to benefit anybody except for you. It's just going to you know, alleviate your conscience. Don't tell her. She doesn't need to know. It's just going to break her. And at least you haven't seen this girl in real life. Okay? That's that's the thing you got on your side. At least you haven't seen her in real life. At least you haven't fucked her. Right? At least you're not emotionally involved with her. You're just in defeat. Okay? I, I, I can get that. I get that. Doesn't mean that you're not a horrible dude. Okay? Thirdly, you need to quit this girl. Stop sending her money. Stop this whatever the fuck you're doing because you're cheating on her and it's not right. Now, you need to ask yourself if... You are planning an engagement. You're planning to marry this woman and you can't stop yourself from cheating on her. Do you really want to be with her? If your foot fetish, if your thing with feet is so important that you will risk destroying your girlfriend's trust and her life, you need to ask yourself if that is so important that you will do that Is it a deal breaker if she won't do it? Is that a deal breaker? I don't know what kind of shit you're into. I don't understand foot fetishes, right? I don't get it. But uh, if if it's that important to you, maybe you shouldn't marry this girl because if it's so important that you're going to cheat on her, you're probably going to do it again. And you know what? You're going to fucking get caught, man. You will. You can't... You've only been, been with her for four years and... Let's say she never does feet shit for you for the rest of your life. Never, right? She's never going to do it. Can you really say that you will never, ever fucking cheat on her like you are now again? And then if you can't say that you're never going to do it again, you will do it again. Can you 100% guarantee that she will never find out? You can't. Girls are fucking smart. They know when shit is up and uh, you're going to get caught if you keep doing it. So... Look, I would say, I would say, right, before, you're lucky because you haven't proposed to her. You're not locked into anything. Before you propose to this girl, I would say you really need to tell her exactly how important this fucking feet shit is to you. And you need to figure out a way to get her into it, to get her to also enjoy it or at least indulge you. Um, Because that's really important. Sex shit is so fucking important. Even if it's weird shit, no matter what you're into, you're into it. You can't control that. That's why I never judge people if they're into fuck stuff, unless they're into you know hurting people against their will. I'm never going to judge a a girl who you know likes it when you put a collar on her and (laughs) and slap her in the face. I don't know. I've never had that shit, but I'm never going to judge a girl who's into that shit. So you need to ask yourself: Is this girl? Important enough to me to drop the foot fetish stuff, and you need to tell her exactly how important it is to you. Because hey, you might find something that you can both enjoy. Go on the internet. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of stuff by those foot fetish communities that talk about their girlfriends. Because from what I understand, lots of guys are into it, but hardly any girls are into it. So there would be there would be so much advice online about how to get your girlfriend involved in your fucking weird foot fetish. So just look that shit up online, try it out, talk to her about it, make it very clear how important it is to her to you because if it's so important that you'll cheat on her, it's obviously I don't I don't think she understands how important it is to you. So you need to have that conversation, tell her exactly how important it is to you and then if she just goes, look, I understand that it's really important to you and you need that shit, but I don't care. I hate it that much or I don't want to do it and I will never do it. If you can get a, a, a definite I will never do it, then maybe this girl isn't right for you because you're going to cheat on it and you don't want to do that to her. That's and Because that's really fucking mean. You're cheating on her. It's not good. I would stop that. Um, or The positive side of the conversation will come out as, oh, I didn't know how important it was to you. Let's give it a go. And then you could discover something new together. So look, mate, good on you. I hope you fucked the shit out of her feet. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's, uh, oh, we're almost up to an hour. Um, uh, I've got one more question. I'll read it next week because otherwise we'll go for an hour 20 like I did last time well, the time before that. So uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, it was a Spearhead Sunday's podcast. Um, if you'd like to send an email, contact at lewespears.com. If you would like to support me on Patreon to continue the podcast uh, to be free, if you want to get early access to all my videos and rewards and tickets and all that kind of shit, jump on patreon.com slash lewespears. Chuck me a couple of dollars a month and uh, I can continue to, to move forward, make the podcast better and make everything else I do better. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, I will talk to you next Sunday. It'll be on time for sure. Have a shit one. See you later.